This is episode 115 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. Welcome to episode 115 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. I am your host, the Skull Crusher, the almighty Skull Crusher. And with me today, as usual, my co-hosts, Mike Spriggs and Klaus from Alps and Andes. I'm going to start today with Mike. How are you doing, sir? Better than Nibali. <laughs> and Klaus, how are you doing? Still wondering if Mike was out on a date that last time that we had nate king fill in for him oh believe me i was gonna ask all about mike's date <clears throat> but before uh before i do that let me tell you that uh, speedmetalcycling.com is the url where you can go and find out absolutely nothing about the because i'm not doing show notes because i'm being lazy but anyway we have the vuelta actually it's been a while since we last talked um we had just wrapped up with the tour de france so there's been a lot of cycling going on which I kind of want to talk about a little bit as I rearrange over here. I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, yeah. In uh, in the spirit of full full disclosure, um, on my way to being drunk, I am drinking Schwarzbier. It's Kostritzer. It's a very 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 good, but cheap beer if you can find it. But it's very good dark German lager. It's very very nice. If you like straightforward lagers like I do. It's one of the best beers you can find. And like I said, it's very, very cheap. It has a little bit of a sweet aftertaste, but don't let that um, lead you astray. It's a pretty good it's a pretty good beer. Um, all right, so that's that. And what did I say we were going to talk about? Oh, yeah. Well, I just wanted to say you drink beer and talk about beer during the tapings of, the, of this here podcast. Mike, two or three times, has been eating hummus. <laughs> am I re- am I just reading like are you really into hummus Mike or is that just like a quick and easy snack I'm really into hummus sometimes I make it oh look at you so I think in the way that my brother gives notes and uh, <laughs> talks about beer I think you should talk about the hummus the, the hummus that you're having I can do that I'm not eating it right now though so I can't I mean, I'm drinking seltzer <laughs> have you, did you see that uh did you see that oatmeal cartoon that has a bunch of t-rexes like around a grill and they're like barbecuing and one of them is saying oh boy here comes the vegetarian and it's a brontosaurus and he's saying i brought hummus <laughs> see mike you could be like the chickpeas on this one the aftertaste is a bit lemony they're good it's good are you are you trying to imply that I don't like hummus? Because I do actually. I Everyone love hummus. No. I'm just saying, like I think it's it's a thread that I've noticed, and oh. I think Mike should get his time to talk about hummus. As I could talk about hummus too. I've never made hummus because I don't cook. But if There's I no cooking involved, dude, do you know what my definition of cooking is? If I have to open more than two doors in the kitchen, it's cooking. <laughs> So, which means a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my house is considered cooking, which is why I don't do peanut butter and jelly. I only do peanut butter because you have to open the fridge to get the jelly is cooking and I don't cook. Wow. So it's you get a can of chickpeas out. 
and you open it. And then if the food processor or blender is... Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. If there's utensils, most... If there's, like, things that you have to plug in and stoves and... No, no, that's He's not going to chop garlic. He's not going to mince garlic. I am definitely I mean, not, not going to mince garlic to or, or a parsley. I mean, I know about what it... I know what it takes to make hummus. I've seen people make hummus. I like... Well, and then you can open the can of tahini. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you use tahini in yours? Of course you use tahini. Otherwise, it's not hummus. Otherwise, it's bean paste. But have you read the nutritional information on tahini? Uh, It's probably got a lot of fat in it. I I recommend you don't if you're going to eat hummus again. It's scary. Like like, uh, world record setting scary. Really? What is tahini made out of? Sesame Sesame seeds. Because I do like tahini sauce on certain things as mm. well, and now I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't be putting that on. Huh? It's on pretty dry. You just you just ruined like a third of my diet, Klaus. Thanks. I'm sorry. No, or I'm Mike could tell us about coffee. So I know Mike likes coffee. But Mike is not a coffee dude, though. Are you, yeah. Mike? I know. I you know what? I drink coffee. I've come. I, I'm starting to resent coffee. I'm starting to resent that I need it. Every day to survive. Very interesting, by the way. It's like being an alcoholic, except with coffee. How like, much coffee do you drink? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like not much, four cups a day, three cups a day. Okay, that that's it's kind of high. It's it's up there. Well, I yeah. it's it's too much. I mean, I don't need. I shouldn't be drinking any. I should relax. Like, yeah, you shouldn't drink any like me, but I'm not relaxed at all. I don't know where I get all my energy from. (laughs) I have very low sugar intake outside of fruit. And And beer I don't don't drink caffeine. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But I don't have a beer before I get to work, and I have energy all (laughs) day long. You can tell us. No one's listening. HR is listening, man. They're always listening. Nah, I don't. I heard the term weekend alcoholic today. And uh, I thought that was interesting. I don't think I'm a weekend alcoholic, but it all depends on what you consider an alcoholic, though, because like people are like, man. I was going to say it it depends on what you consider the weekend. (laughs) That's Wednesday through Tuesday. Exactly. Am I weird? Is that not the weekend? I mean, I don't know. A lot of people, like on Saturday, for example, I went out. I just moved, you know, so in my new neighborhood, I wanted to check out one of the bars around here and believe me it sucked but i went out and i had probably seven beers maybe eight beers and a lot of people would think that that's a lot of beer to consume in one night but it i i don't think so i i I don't know my view is askew when it comes to, to beer i can i have very high tolerance so if you have high tolerance and are you still an alcoholic or is an alcoholic when you get Drunk and you just kind of run into things. I, I think Mike is saying having this conversation is the definition. <laughs> is, the is that definition. what you're saying? <laughs> Can you guys do me a favor? If you ever have a like an AA type intervention on me, could you please tape it? Sure, that would be In awesome. Fact, that's what we're doing here today. On, on Monday. <laughs> I know. Actually, can my I wife is about to jump in, walk into if the we door. We ever have one, Mike. Can you bring the hummus? <laughs> <laughs> that's all I care about. My own, my grandmother's recipe. I'll bring it. Oh, just like Nona used to make. I didn't know your grandma was Lebanese. 
my grandmother is Syrian. Oh, even oh, better. Wait, really? Yeah. No. Like, wait, really? Like wait, 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 wait. All, all kidding aside, is she really? Yeah. Well, she was. She's no longer with us. Yeah, but really, I had no idea that you had Syrian in your blood. I do, and well, I have hummus, then, and I have hummus in my blood. <laughs> then again, I should say that, and I think I mentioned this before on the podcast. I met Mike a couple of times. I thought Mike was like six feet tall. <laughs> I could have sworn on a stack of Bibles, maybe because I assume everyone's taller than me. Turns out Mike is like Syrian short. So now <laughs> it all right. makes sense. You're Syrianly short. Yeah. So, I can say this, though. One of the most beautiful women I've ever met in my life is Syrian. Oh, my goodness gracious. Like, leave your wife type hot. Gorgeous, beautiful, amazing. Mike, do you know her? Yeah, it's, no. it's Mike's grandma. <laughs> make a joke she's no longer with us oh Mike knows I'm kidding <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me okay so 8 minutes plus are we going to start talking about cycling or should we ask Mike about his date oh I wasn't on a date I don't know man the, the, I don't know where you guys got that the internet like, is abuzz with uh, all kinds of theories about your date it was weird because you were like yeah I can do it no 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 I can't and unless your internet is failing, which was my excuse last time, we no. I went to. I actually went to a design it. talk, which is the opposite of a date. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> it's, it's like kryptonite. Yes. <laughs> what was the talk about? Like about, about this book that's coming out. This guy found um, some found like an archive of one of these old designers from uh, Hungary, I think, and he's putting together a book, and I wanted to go see. I had actually paid for the book, pre, like pre-ordered the book, so I was like, I feel like obligated to go to this. It's like the Vivian Meyer, but designer, not photography. Yeah, like unknown. Yeah. Mm. That kind of thing, yeah. Oh, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so I had so to do it. So what did the girl you took to it? <laughs> so, yeah, what did she think? Was she excited about it? Is, is she Hungarian? <laughs> Does she like hummus? <laughs> yeah. What is she like? Come on, tell us a little bit about it. How did it go? Did you pick her up or the? There was no date. These are all trick questions, but they're not. <laughs> Especially work. it's a trick question because in New York City you can't pick people up. Like, what do you say? I'll pick you up on the six train. Let's, yeah, exactly. You have but to I'll meet. meet you outside. Well, you can either meet in front of somebody's apartment, or you can meet at the station. But then, depending if it's like the station closest to her house, you're picking her up. But you usually just meet there, though. Actually. See, like, so you, you know. Mike lived in New York City, you lived in New York. Do you guys feel detached from the rest of the world when you don't get the cultural references? Like in a movie, like a teen movie from the 80s, they're like, I'll pick you up at 7. Mike, do you feel like, what is yeah. that? I don't I have know no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, man. Yeah, it's kind of how the rest of the world feels when they watch Seinfeld. Right. Yeah, like they're like, why aren't they going through a drive through? <laughs> they're like, no. they're like, what's a Jew? <laughs> Oh, Lord. Okay, so now that we've established that Mike's a date went really well and he doesn't know if he's going to call her back or not yet, he's still thinking about it. Now we can move on to cycling. Tour of Utah and the U.S. Pro Challenge happened while we were away with a couple of other small races here and there, but I can honestly tell you that after the Tour de France, uh, my wife became a doctor shortly after that. And so there was all kinds of like things leading up to that. And then I also moved, which involves 
I don't know if you guys have ever moved, but packing and then people coming over and then they take your stuff and then boxes. And then you come here and then you get to your new house and you have to unpack and you have to paint walls and do things. And so I have not watched a single minute of cycling up until I hadn't, up until Saturday, the beginning of the well time. So... Klaus, Mike, how much do you guys know about the Tour of Utah and the USA Pro Challenge and whatever other race I forgot about that probably happened? Uh, not much. <laughs> I, I I know that I know who won the Tour. Of, I'm calling it the Tour of Colorado. Yeah, I know. Actually, I last even last this. year we we decided we we're going to call it the Tour of Colorado. Yeah. But that's what all the pros that I heard I've heard talking about it call it. Yeah, I know. I know. They just they, they they're too cheap to buy the name. But what do you, anyway. what do you mean? It's what? What? Someone well, owns it or something? Yeah, yeah. The Tour of Colorado is 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 a, a, like a benefit ride or whatever, and somebody owns it, so they can't be used. Believe me, they would use the Tour of Colorado. What could. about the Larry H. Miller Tour of Utah? <laughs> uh, that actually, somebody owns the Larry F. Miller, so they were allowed oh, to use the Larry H. So Miller. Easier. They were okay. It was okay to use that. I oh. can tell you the highlight. Well, okay, Mike. So who won? Oh. Rowan Dennis. Rowan Dennis, really? Yeah, you didn't know that? <laughs> no, I don't. I really have no idea. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, BMC all. was the only team that came to that event to actually. Mother race. of God, did they ever? So that kind of proves two things: either they were just like going balls out, which they were, or everyone else was just sleeping through it. I think it was a little of, of both. Here's what was exciting for us: we were watching in the <laughs> store, and um, a, a local elite racer, Kyle Murphy. Is a stagiaire on Kaharuha. Uh, oh, Kaharural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And I was so watching the race one day, and I was like, "That looks like that looks like Kyle Murphy." And then like the name yes. comes up, and I was like, "Holy shit! Why is?" And I didn't understand. Didn't even know he was in the race. And I was like, "Did Kyle Murphy go to Bike Nash Bar and buy a Kaharural jersey and jump in this race?" <laughs> Because he was he was in the break. Yes, yes. Yeah, I I did see. I, I heard that buzz and. Um, on on social media, I did hear the Kyle Murphy thing, which is really really funny. How does a random American end up in Cajarural? Like that's just such a weird. I mean, if he ends up in Cannondale or or even BMC or something like that, that makes a little bit more sense. But Cajarural. No, it was so it was so random. <clears throat> it was his performance at nationals. No, I mean, I, I don't. I don't mean why would why would Cajarural be interested in him? There's a million reasons, but I'm, why would he end up in such? It's, it's a Spanish second division team. Like it's just weird. I don't know. Um, a couple of things. I did an interview with Kyle Murphy for Manual for Speed, and I found out that he designs furniture. Really. And he races for Lupus Racing Team, but he doesn't have Lupus. Doesn't have Lupus. No. Many of he the has. guys that race for Lupus Racing don't have Lupus. No, I don't think any of them do. But um, <laughs> Nice jerseys, though. The Lupus? Yeah. yeah. Purple. Yeah. Too much purple. But um, D- uh, Joe Dombrowski, yep. you know, finally was able to, I think, prove some of the abilities that I think people have always known that he's had, but he's just had bad luck and things have gone. Oh, he won the Tour of Utah, right? No, no. He won a stage in Colorado, right? Oh, okay. Then who won the Tour of Utah? Who was? Who am I thinking of? Oh, I have to look that one up. 
Jesus. Oh, <laughs> Can you fix this in post so we don't look like total geeks? Oh, hell no. I am not fixing this on post. Oh, wait. No, he did. He did. <laughs> He did. Oops. Here I was talking about, yeah, but he also won a stage in Colorado, didn't he? Clearly, I was not watching it very close either. Even though, and I say this every year, the stupid tour tracker thing, it's not perfect, but it's very, very good. It and is it, good. It oh, here's it the thing. Here's the thing about Utah. That was the reason why Utah was so screwed up is because they had, uh, Cannondale had the, the Danielson news and the Dabrowski yes. like bookending the race, and it was like, bullshit news and then it was like really great news but overshadowed by this bullshit news yeah because remember that jonathan Botter said that if anyone in his team ever tested positive he would leave the team he would leave right. the sport i think he said he would leave twitter oh really is that no <laughs> which is basically the same thing because i mean his involvement in the sport is mostly in twitter <laughs> yeah right so yeah i'm an idiot so yeah dombrowski won utah which is yeah Great for him. And the most important news about the Tour of Utah, which I told you guys about, is that there was puddles of schmegma everywhere. Yes. What? Where? What do you mean everywhere? Um, <laughs> dude, I, that, <clears throat> that is... I sent you the video of that. It's ridiculous that somebody doesn't know. I mean, I, I don't even speak English very well. I would never use that. Like, why would you use a word that you don't know what... What it means, Klaus? Do you do you mind explaining what's going on to the listeners no, no, in no. case they don't know what's up? So during the tour of Utah, um, oh crap, what's his name? I don't even remember. Joe I, Dombrowski. I don't even think I know the dude's name to begin with. Jonathan um, Botters. Oh, Jonathan Botters left the sport. We've been through this, right? No, Tim Johnson was doing play-by-play or whatever you want to call it, commentating with uh, Frankie Andreu. And he said that when you're on a break, you know, you get to know the rider's bike in front of you because you get to see their rear end for so long. And you get to see what gears they have, what kind of bike they have, and what all the schmegma that's on their seat post. <laughs> And obviously he used the word schmegma without knowing what it means. I think he meant like schmutz or something. I think he knew exactly what it means. Because here's the thing. Schmutz can be schmegma, but schmegma can't be schmutz. Right. Exactly. Johnson is smarter than he looks. Yeah, I think, you know, he was just talking for hours and it just came out that way. But do you want to hear it, Mike? Yes. Okay, hold on. I'm going to try to get... Hopefully you sent me sound. this. I didn't click yeah, on it. Yeah, 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 What's wrong yeah, yeah. with you? And I had it on my blog and stuff. Hold on a second. Here we go. You have a blog? <laughs> Mike, pretend to care. Hold on a pretend. second. I'll play it for you. We'll see. Pretend to care. Yeah, at least, like, pretend. As Frankie mentioned before, that, that chili pepper hanging off of the satellite, I wonder if the guys in the breakaway now, you kind of end up riding behind the same person throughout a, a rotation for a long time. You kind of get to know what kind of bike the person's riding, you know, what kind of gears they have, what kind of, uh, what kind of schmegma is stuck in the back of the seat bus. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Mike? Awesome. awesome. It's brilliant. brilliant. Now we have a weird echo coming from your computer, class. Oh. All right. All right. Perfect. So there you go, Mike. That was the, I would say, the biggest highlight. From the tour of Utah, um, yeah, the tour of Poland actually happened as well. And uh, Sergio now won the Queen stage, and then the next day he lost like nine minutes on the time trial. 
I yeah, did. I got watch a question for you guys. A little bit of that. What's up? Uh, Rafa released some some Spanish looking jerseys in, ahead of the Vuelta. Oh, and they, they I, had Sergio and now where? Yeah. <laughs> Highlighted. Yeah. I mean, at least the in the write up, it said like, as the non local, like they kind of acknowledged it. But I wonder if you're Sergio now and you're like, oh, we're going to gather all this people from Spain in your team and you and get you to wear <laughs> these jerseys for a photo shoot. Uh, I don't know. I've, I, I think I've been victim of way worse racism than that. No, it's not yeah, racism. It's just like, it's that just looks like that. Sergio and now. And then I was like, oh, it is Sergio <laughs> I mean, it would be, it's kind of, I guess it's better if they said like, we're speaking to locals from Columbia, South Carolina, and here's one. His name's Sergio now, and he's like, "Gay." <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I think it's like. Um, all right, so we covered sort of what kind of sort of happened there with Utah and every, all the all these other races uh, preparing to the Vuelta. And so while I was watching the Vuelta <clears throat> over the weekend, uh, I was watching the um, the second stage uh, with my friend Christian here in my house. Um, the wife made uh, waffles, and we had a little breakfast situation, whatever. And then I forgot where I was going with the story. Oh yeah, Shemagma. No, speaking of like who who's gonna win, who's your favorite, and stuff. Something that is really interesting about the Vuelta, I think, is that with the Giro, you kind of get a sense of what kind of shape people are in and stuff like that with all the classics leading up to the race. And then with the, with the, with the tour, you can the tour the Swiss and the Dauphiné. You, you kind of yeah. get, with the Vuelta, it's really difficult because the, the cycling world really basically just spreads all over the place right after the tour. Yeah, because what's going on during the tour, like the tour of Norway or something, like nothing that anyone's really doing for preparation. So the world is split into people who did the tour and you wonder how they recovered and those that you haven't seen since, like, the Giro. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's really difficult to get a really good sense of how people are feeling. So it's, it's, it's an interesting race from that perspective. I kind of like that. I like the unknown of the whole thing. But um, hmm. it, makes me, um, it, it makes me wonder if maybe... I, I don't even know how long ago it was that the, the, the Vuelta moved towards the end of the season, but what if the Vuelta would have stuck to its guns and stayed at the same time as the Giro? Excuse me. And the Giro would have been the one that had to move if that would have actually worked for the Vuelta. I don't know. Because the fourth Grand Tour is at that same time too. Yeah. California. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, well, anyway. So let's talk Vuelta España. Um, <laughs> the first stage, I find this incredibly interesting on many a level. Okay, so the, the organizers, interesting fact number one, the organizers think that it's a good idea to ride a time trial bike, which obviously they've never been in one, on sand. They're like, oh, yeah, let's just run the race right through the beach. Uh, but the bikes are not going to have much traction because they have tiny little skinny tires. That's why right, there's fat bikes. Yeah. <laughs> no. They, uh, oh, no, don't worry about it. We're going to put some rubber mats on the, on the beach and it'll work. <laughs> so I don't know what's worse. The, the people that, the organizers thinking, oh, yeah, this is a wonderful idea. Or the fact that no teams, riders, nobody in the media 
thought about this up until the day before or the two days before? Like, what's your problem? Didn't anybody do recon for it? The teams that are actually thought would win, you know, I mean, the good team trials, uh, team trialing teams, uh, you know, um, uh, Orica and BMC and uh, that other team from Belgium, whatever their name is, I forgot now. Didn't they, didn't anybody think to just go and check out to see the, what the surfaces would be like? They're not- just over it. It's, they're just over, it's too late. They're just like, we're just showing up to race. Well, this looks good on on the map. This looks awesome. It's seven <laughs> kilometers long. This will take five minutes. There were some tweets like a couple of days before, and that's, I think, the first time the riders saw it. But just so you know, the riders union sent out an email uh, the day before, and the headline for it is, thanks to the CPA, tomorrow the team tri- time trial of Puerto Banus Marbella will be safer for the riders. What? So, I mean, I'll just read a few. It's a press release that I got. When the delegates of the CPA at the Vuelta uh, controlled the path of the team time trial 10 days before the start of the Vuelta, they raised the alarm. The route, mostly unpaved, presented many difficulties and safety hazards if approached during a time trial at great speed, especially... In the, first, in the first 4K, president of the CPA, Gianni Buño, <clears throat> has, was quickly contacted by the representative of the teams, and the UCI have decided to organize a joint meeting before the departure. After a survey of the site by bicycle, yesterday the meeting in which organizers, the CPA, and teams found a good compromise took place. Sorry, the bad uh, writing is in the writing, not in the reading. On my part, uh, I'll just skip down. The organizers met the needs of the riders. Teams and riders said yes to the event, even in difficult conditions, but in a less competitive and more secure situation. A good example of cooperation and professionalism by both parties. And the CPA has played a key role as mediator. Ten days before the stage, right? The yeah. route was, re- was, was uncovered, like revealed in February. So what the hell have these people been doing? Nobody really bothered to go over there and look at it at all. I mean, like, I'm okay, I'm not saying the guys in Caja Rural would need to because they're not going to win the time trial. It doesn't really matter. But didn't, like, ethics quick step like, send some random dude that lives in Spain? And no, you know what Quickstep did? What does Quickstep make? Yeah, oh, right. flooring. It's all, it's collusion. Then they, they sent some sheets of linoleum so they could go over them or they could do some break dancing. Well, I don't know why anyone didn't just look at the map and then be like, what? this thing starts in the ocean. How is this going to work? The route ended up being super cool. I would love to have seen that. I mean, like, I, you know, I just you think it would have been but... safer if it were maybe an individual time trial. It was I super know. narrow. I, completely I don't narrow. know, man. I don't, I've never ridden a bicycle in any kind of competitive way, so I don't know what safe is and what <laughs> isn't. I'm going to tell you what is not safe. Going balls out with dudes like half an inch away from your handlebars. That's unsafe, yet they do it all the time. So I know. Based on that, I object to professional cycling. <laughs> it's not very safe for professional cyclists. Are you crazy? Why would there be that many of them? Just make everything a time trial and then check the times later. That's called the triathlon. Yes. And it's I just awesome. invited I just invented triathlon. <laughs> a mon a monathlon. Yes. 
Oh, no, dude. I, you know, the teams, it is surprising, but I think the teams, clearly it's not like the Tour de France where they're seeing it ahead of time, which is kind of weird that a Spanish team trying to get a result or a, someone mm. would do that. But also, it is crazy that organizers were like, yep, looks good. Let's go I, to the next stage. I, I, the whole thing doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. Writing on, on the sand. Yeah, sure, why not? Who thinks about this and then who fails to check on this? I mean, teams can't just be like, oh, I'm, I'm sure that the stages are fine. No, maybe you should reek on them. You know, we have enough time. But nah, I'm sure we're not going to be riding I, I over sand. I think I read sand. something that none of these stages in the entire race have ever been used before. <laughs> none yeah, of the finish. Right? Like, so that's, none of it. So that's kind of the, the big news about this year's Vuelta, that there's so much new stuff. So that maybe that's to blame. But then again, the Giro had that stage where they were like, no, dude, it's okay. We put safety nets. So that but, when you fall but, off the mountain, it'll catch you. And the Tour de France had that thing that they were like, if the tide is high, it'll be water. But if it's low, it'll just be algae. <laughs> and they do that every two years. But this one is the winner. I just don't understand. I mean, if you're the Vuelta, wouldn't you be a little insulted that not a single rider or a single team reconned the, the team time, like the prologue? Yeah. Your chance to win the red jersey for the first day. Nobody bothered to go over there and like raise a little flag. Like, hey guys, maybe maybe this could have happened in April. I mean, we're talking about a place that is warm year round. You don't need to wait for the snow to melt to send some clown over there to do like a recon on like a thirty-five dollar Kmart mountain bike. It's it's not. Your question is the is itself the answer, which is that. No, no one cares that much. <laughs> the Vuelta, you know what pros call it? The siesta. <laughs> the siesta en España. Yeah, like Peter, people like Peter Sagan, all these people that just go and then just drop out because they're just there for the world championships to get that's a little what, something in their legs. Oh, that's what Vincenzo Nibali did. He just yeah, went. He's trying to get to the world championships faster. Yeah, exactly. He's like, hey, can I catch a ride with you to the United States? <laughs> So I guess we, I guess we, everyone knows that stage one ended up being neutralized. So they still ran it, but none of it mattered. Yeah, they ran it, but they didn't race it. But that actually brings me to another crazy ass point. If you look at the timing, Europe car lost like three minutes in, dude, in a course that I could walk in three minutes. It's insane. They obviously did not care. Don't take any risk going over those quick steps. Granted, beautiful for any other team except Europe Car is looking for a friggin' title sponsor. Yeah. Put yourselves on TV. From a bakery. No, they don't have any. Yeah, it's like the French Panera equivalent. Uh, That was, are you talking about this rumor during the Tour de France? No, no, it's recent, but they would have to be continental. They're getting nibbles, nibbles. No bites, just nibbles. I'm going to tell you something. If I'm a, the French Panera, I'm like, uh, you guys don't even try here. Like, wouldn't it be much better if you tried? Because, I mean, I'm paying you a boatload of no, money. No, but they're not paying for them to try. They're paying for Volkler to make faces. I, I think Volkler is retiring. What do you mean? He's been amazing this year. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But anyway... Stage two happened, 
and that's the one that I watched my friend Christian here. And yeah, there was jumping around in the living room and high fives and stuff when um, Esteban Chavez went for it. And very interesting, very very nice. It was good times. I love that stage actually. It was really really cool. It was the so proverbial like slow. Wait, how were you? What were you? What channel were you watching? Eurosport. Okay, so you got the podium. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because I saw your photo that you published. Yes, yes, exactly. And yeah, I think the comment, uh, I, I tweeted something like, I didn't know they let 14-year-olds uh, <laughs> uh, race Grand Tours. He has such a, like, kid face, like such a young face. It's awesome. But um, but no, it was it was like the epitome of the slow motion sprint, you know, which is just amazing. Somebody went too early, which was maybe uh, um, Nicholas Roach went too early, which was, let's say, 600 meters to go, which would be the equivalent of in a real sprint of somebody going early. It's 800 meters. So, of course, he got neutralized, except that took two minutes instead of three seconds. And then the whole time with Dumoulin right before Chavez, I'm like, Ah, oh, Dumoulin's got this. Dumoulin's guy's gonna come around him. He's gonna come around him. There's just no way. Two hundred meters, a hundred meters, and Dumoulin tries to get around him and just can't. And it's just so awesome. It's just like slow motion, super slow motion sprinting. Amazing, love it. Just like that kid's face just lights up, and he reminds me a lot of um, Daniel Ricardo, who's a Formula One driver from Australia. In case you don't know. Who is the same thing? He just has this like super, super, just huge smile all the time. Just really positive, funny. Just you know, just a fun person in general. Just really, really positive. They, they, you know, they remind me of each other. It's really, really cool. And and I know it's made big news in Colombia. So I'm very happy, and, and also very happy for for Orica Greenage, Greenage, who's a team that has taken like you know, uh, chances on a lot of riders um, and and second chances to a lot of riders. And I'm glad that it's working out for them. I'm very happy. I thought it was a great stage. Here's a question. Shoot. Who do you think is older, Nairo Quintana or Esteban Chavez? Yeah, I know. That's weird. Nairo Quintana is, is younger, even though he looks... By like, a month, but yeah. Yeah, he looks like he's 20 years older. Well, no, it's crazy about Esteban Chavez is really the what he came back from and the fact that he was never going to be able to even ride a bike again uh, after the nerve damage and the, the surgery that he went through and everything. It's, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, I mean, he definitely, definitely an amazing dude, an amazing story. And Mike, um, why don't you ruin the party and tell us you were cheering for Nicholas Roche? <laughs> <laughs> What? No, he was rooting for Tom de Moulin. I was cheering for the Astana car that was towing <laughs> Nibali. That was awesome. <laughs> Which swiftly brings us then to the Nibali situation. And um, it, it, the, the interview that I saw with them this morning is, I mean, they're, they're, they're all saying like, yes, we did it. Absolutely. But the punishment seems a little harsh. This happens everywhere, and uh, it happens all the time, but why am I getting the thing? Nivoli shot himself in the foot because during the interview, he actually says, there was no motorcycles or any cameras around. I guess there was a helicopter camera. So basically, he said, he basically admitted to looking around, yep, there's nobody here, we're going to get away with it. 
That's terrible. You don't say stuff like that, Nibali. Come on, man. I think the reality of it is for the organizers is you can't have a GC guy have it have that happen on camera so obviously and it looks so dramatic the shift in speed like you you're basically like a monkey pooping on your hand and smearing it in someone's face and asking them to just disregard it like i yeah we all know that probably stuff like that happens but for a gc guy to be that drastic and on camera yeah you know. right off the front of the group it, i mean it is the epitome of meep meep yeah it was bad It was bad. And I, I, yeah, I mean, if that's the punishment. Actually, I would say the speed is so high, apparently, that I would say even an experienced bike handler, it would be, it would be, it almost seems like it would be scary, like how fast it is. No, I think he got in. Oh, I think yeah. he climbed in, I think he climbed in the window and they put his bike <laughs> just on the roof. Held bike. I mean, that would be safe. Well, actually, that's probably true because if you look at the footage, if you look at the footage, You can't really see Nibali after he like hides behind the car. So yeah, yeah. and so who who was into it? Who was driving the car? Probably Vino. No, Sepulveda. I'm telling you. But then he felt really bad and he panicked. <laughs> Sepulveda panicked and then pulled over. And so they're saying that it was over 150 meters. But see, the thing is, we don't know because the footage just kind of stops. They went to another shot. So I, I found the clip on. I found first found the clip on from Spanish TV, and at the very end, right before it cuts away, that we can hear one of the announcers go, "Qué pasó?" <laughs> It's just like, the fuck just happened. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty uh, evident. I mean, it's there's no doubt that that it happened. And so your point about the GC guy doing it, because I think I think only GC guys do this kind of shit. Like, yeah. why would a why would a, anyone else in that group even attempt something? Yeah, like I mean, that? didn't that group pedo? But they didn't. Would. And I know Cavendish has been blamed for uh, right, true. talked about as doing that. Yeah. Or you know, I mean, someone chasing back on. In which case, we know that it it happens. And I think if we've seen long sticky bottles on TV, I would imagine that they get three, four times longer. But you know what I'm saying? I just yeah. think the speed is so bonkers. Yeah. And there's like, oh, let me check the brakes. No, it's like I'm just going to go 50 miles an hour for a little and bit. And there is a difference between like drafting in a motorcade and actually riding your bike versus just hanging on. And going oh, yeah, three course. times faster than you normally could. Imagine well, you're the guy. Imagine you're the guy right behind Nibali. You're like, oh, right. Vincenzo Nibali is actually pulling in front of me. This is awesome. Oh, look, his director sportif is. Wait, wait, where are you guys going? <laughs> But I think it was also funny that in the interview, he said, what about the guy from Orica Green Edge that caused the crash? Like he's still in the race. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Jesus. What does he think the fair penalty would be? He like said he said ten he said ten minutes. Ten minutes? He said that would have been that would have been fair. That's what in that's the what Astana classament? Astana was asking for ten minutes in the general classament. I also love the fact that the that the uh, director sportif that was driving got also thrown out of the race. Oh yeah, who was that? I can't remember dude's name. You know who I think was driving? Fabio Aru. Fabio. Fabio Aru's cousin. Aru's cousin. Like, no, dude, hang on. No, dude, I'm going to get through another race. No, 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 dude. Trust no, me. Don't worry. You're going to hold on. And they just. And they, just, they actually held on to him. No, but really, the exchange is so fast that it's kind of impressive because it'd be like, just hold on. We're going to give you a quick tow. 
Like, what was the exchange? Or was it just like a glance? Like, let's just do the usual. Dude, it's called a radio. The guy had already told him, hey, bro, I'm coming up on your right. Right? Mm, I'm going to stick out my hand, hang on. There's no motorcycles around. There's no motorcycles around. Let's do this. I just thought of a new term for what happened to Nibali. What is it? Debonification. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was going to get a bonification <laughs> for the classament, but instead... He got a debonification. Debonification. That's beautiful. Hey, guys, listen, though. Uh, so, And then after that, after the awesome stage then the third stage was this morning and absolutely nothing happened we're really? talking about nothing happened what happened a... Sagan finally won yeah finally yeah exactly it was a sprint and then he won in his super euro uh, uh, euro ski bum kit that i love now yes <laughs> yeah with ski goggles and everything yeah i didn't give a crap i actually was watching the stage at work and there was a, uh, a meeting planned for that time, and it was I didn't have to be there. It was uh, optional. It wasn't an HR meeting. It was definitely not an HR meeting. And uh, I was like, you know what? The hell with it. I'll just go to the meeting. And I missed the sprint. I didn't care. Like, I did not care. It was a fast downhill running on, like, a highway. There yes. Um... Hey, are you guys watch? Are you guys wondering how my um, how my uh, Joamushi pedal viewing is going? No, I'm almost. I'm almost done with the second season, guys. How's it going? Uh, but what you're making? You don't make me ask. Because <laughs> awesome. I'm not going. This TV show is awesome. I I've been like. Gathering random screen grabs for you guys. I'm gonna send them all to you guys at the same time, so you see completely out of context. They'll be like the best thing ever. There's a dude that is obsessed with poop and talks about poop all the time. It's awesome. Now you're talking. Now you're speaking my language. And and I mean, I can tell you this. There's there's they're not they're in a stage race, and one of the stages lasted five episodes just for one stage. That was uh, the final sprint. I'll tell you this. The the final sprint in a race lasted two episodes. Just yeah, the final right sprint, here. like the last 500 meters. Not kidding. It's insane. Was it Esteban Chavez doing a slow speed, a slow uh, sprint? Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Well, season one, okay, so they're in a three-day, three-day stage race, and season one ends halfway through the second stage. And I'm, and I'm. Are you trying to make us not ever <laughs> watch any, even a second of this or a screen grab? Because it, that's it's working. Dude, it's I refuse crazy. to watch a screen grab. But Mike, now that I think about it, is this not the kind of thing that in the winter time you guys would consider playing in the cafe, or would people revolt and ask? No, we would. Why? No, we would. Yeah, we would absolutely play it. Yeah, it's right. awesome. The TV show is really, really funny because the stuff that they get right, they get perfectly right and like the, the rabo bank kit yeah it, like things like that like a lot of the kits are perfect and like just but then there's a dude who's basically just a huge fred who thinks he's the man and he's like always talking big game about his new bike and like his equipment whatever and then just gets dropped but then he has like the best excuses as to why it's just oh maybe i can't play this in the store no maybe you should no. uh but then the stuff that they get wrong is like dude that's not that's not how cycling works at all, but I don't know. Whichever way. 
Um, but in dude, the, in that TV show, mm-hmm. does the police ever give crap to people that pretend that they're on a club ride and put logos on their car? No. There's no police in this TV show. I'm not going to give any more details about that reference, but Mike laughed, so he got it. That's a good Maybe one. other people in the new, greater New York City area will like that one. That's um, a little time-release capsule of a joke. Hey, what do you think about Uran going to Cannondale? It's comical. It's crazy. I like it. Why do you think it's comical, Mike? Kind of nuts. I don't know. I just it does, I would never if you, if you gave made me make a list of teams I thought he would go to that would be at near the bottom. I agree. Why is he going there? What's he going to do? Well, he has no competition there. He'll be the only GC person. Unfortunately, he really won't have much support either. <laughs> but <laughs> but it feels like uh, full support, full support from a not so strong team, maybe better than very little support from a very strong team, which mm. he got in Sky and now in in Ethics Quick Step as well. I mean, I think they have good GC guys for smaller races. Yes, right? they sure do. Um, who can help them? I mean, you have someone like Dan Martin that can help them in a in a Grand Tour. But can they? I mean, are these people? I mean, this is what I was thinking. Yes. Are yeah, people like Andrew, Andrew Talansky and and Dan Martin? Are they the kind of guys that can work for a leader? Because well, Dan Martin's leaving. Mike says because he's up on things. Oh, where's he go? Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's right. I had this conversation with somebody. Maybe I, I think. Wait, I think they did a trade. He's going to Edix. This is the rumor. It's like baseball. They did a trade. They did a straight up baseball trade, and for a player to be named later, which is what they always do in baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Some uh, prospect from AAA. Right. Yeah. First draft pick. Kenny Lofton. First draft. A couple of draft picks. (laughs) Kenny Lofton. (laughs) I just remember when Kenny Lofton was a AAA player for the Indians. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, the Indians' problems will all end." Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton is taking Jonathan Barr's job. Leave it to me to make a baseball reference from 1992. Seriously, people used to talk about that. Like, you know how the Indians are really bad? Don't worry about it. Kenny Lofton's on his way. But so really, Garmin is trying to turn the ship around. Yeah. Because they've had, you know, some success and great things with like Dan Martin and stuff. But they had stuff going some years ago that is not quite going now. Like, they could always win a team time trial, whether mm. if it was in the sand or on a paved road, and now they can't even do that. Uh, this is true. This is true. They had a TV outside their bus because of the Shark sponsorship, and now other teams have that. Yeah. Like, they don't even win that race. Yeah, whatever. Jonathan Vodder said he was going to leave the sport. He won't even leave Twitter. <laughs> he won't even live the bus. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, guys, are you, are you guys ready for a game? Uh-oh. No, this is a okay. good game. All right, I have to grab something to ride with so I can keep score over here. Uh, because the Kenny winner... Lofton trivia? What's the prize? Yeah, a, a Kenny Lofton autograph, 1992 tops card. Yes, I was hoping for Tom Candiotti. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Swindell. Uh, I settle for whatever. A Cecil Fielder. Uh, no, nothing. There is no. There is no prize. Just, just pride. So I got Klaus on one side and Mike on the other side. So, what I did is I asked a series of questions. Hold on, let me ask. Let me tell you how many. That way we 
spirit of full disclosure. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I asked my wife, the doctor, the newly crowned doctor. You know, she's. Uh, I'm not. I'm now calling her doctor, regardless of whether or not she wants me to or not. So, oh, <laughs> you know, she's something funny. Here's something funny. So after uh, she defended her her thesis, we went out to dinner with some friends of hers or whatever, and I put together a game for them, much like I did for you guys. But this one was called Name the Doctor, and I printed out photos of different doctors, and everybody had to write down what the doctors were. So I did, like, Doctor Who, Doctor Huxtable, Doctor <laughs> Doctor Bill Cosby, Doctor J, yeah, Doctor Bill Cosby, Doctor Temple University, like yeah. Doctor Dre, uh, Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, like super, the other Doctor Dre, super simple, super Dr. simple ones, dude. It was crickets, blank faces. What? Not a single person got Doctor Dre. Which Doctor Dre? <laughs> Dr. Dre from NWA. The Dr. Dre or the Ed yeah. Lover Dr. Dre? No, not the Ed Lover Dr. Dre. That would have been understandable if people didn't get, but <laughs> no. NWA Which picture Dr. Did Dre. Use? A photo of Dr. Dre wearing beats. <laughs> oh, really? Nobody so, got it. I would have gotten it, and I would have gotten up and done the Ed Lover dance. <laughs> the Ed Lover Jesus. dance. Wow, well, that's a weird crowd you were with. Serious, serious, serious. I thought Dr. Nerds. Dre was in the sort of in, just through pop culture was. He's in the an mind. icon. He's iconic. He hasn't put out an album in a super long time, but, but he's still. put out tons of headphones. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's true. Jeez, it's, it's, he's hip hop's yeah. first billionaire. Huh? Yeah, well, and meanwhile, Fifty Cent, it turns out, had no money for vitamin water and is broke. And is renting out the house in Connecticut. Um, okay. Up is down, down is up. Oh, for- man. Anyway, what I want to, basically, the point I was trying to make was that my wife is now a doctor. And, and, and she has a doctorate in health, so I wrote this down, health services research and policy. You have to write that down. And she's the a director, not, her new job is a director of clinical operations support and evaluation. She has a really nice office at a big hospital. That's all I care about. Well, I care about the paycheck. Anyway, so my lovely wife, Dr. Joe, um, I asked her 10 questions about cycling. And then what you guys have to decide after hearing the question is whether or not, whether or not Joe knows the answer. And I would say no to everything. <laughs> you guys both know her, but in case the audience doesn't know her, she has never watched a single professional race in the world that she thinks cycling is one of the stupidest sports in the world. All here's right. my, que- here's my question. She loves riding a, a bicycle. She loves riding a bicycle. That's how we met. But the, the sport of professional cycling does not compute. When okay. you asked her these questions, was there a hamster in the room? No. No hamsters. Okay. No, all all right. all, actually, Dr. Dre in the room. All our hamsters are deceased, and Dr. Dre was not in town. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, no. I didn't mean to rub it in. No, you don't have to. It's, it's, was there a, a hamster ghost anywhere in the building? Prob- no, this, tiny is our, ghost. this is our new house, so the tiny ghost stayed behind. Klaus? All right. Are you guys ready for the game? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. I'm going to play this for you. Here we go. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to have taken you away from what you were doing before, which was actually organizing my shirts 
by color. Actually, yeah, I have to explain that. You don't that. organize your own shirts? No, I, but that's because we were unpacking, and she was like, no, I want to do your shirts. And she did them, and then she hung them all by color. It was you don't weird. cook and you don't organize your shirts. I no, I definitely don't cook and no, I don't. I didn't organize my shirts when we were unpacking. So I she did. Okay. that you're doing that. That's very nice. No problem. So you know what we're doing here today, right? I'm gonna ask you a series of questions and you can answer as best as you can. Okay? No pressure. No reason to feel bad if you don't know the answer. There's no reason I should know anything about cycling. This is very true. Okay. First question is, do you know how many Grand Tours there are? All right. There you go. That is a trick question. <laughs> we know that there are four, but she won't know that. Okay. So, what? Do you, first of all, what's the correct answer? Let's agree on that. Three. Okay. Right. Klaus, are you okay with three? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so, now, Klaus, do you think that Joe will know that there's three Grand Tours? No. You say she won't. No. Mike? I hope she does. I'm going to say yes, just to be contrary. And Mike says yes. So if she answers three, to explain the rules of the game a little bit better, then Mike is correct and he and wins a point. And I get three point. points. And you get three points. <laughs> One for each Grand Tour. Okay. All right. Here we go. Four. Oh. She's kind of right. She's kind of right. <laughs> All right. So, Klaus, you get one point. Because you said she wouldn't know, and she didn't. So that's very good. Good I'm surprised she knows even what the hell a Grand Tour is. Or she didn't just tell you, like, why are you asking me this crap? Oh, I don't think she was very happy that I I asked her to do this. But she's nice, so she did it. Okay, here we go. Can you you name them? Okay, can she name the three Grand Tours? Yes. Mike says yes. Klaus. She said there's four. Well, I told her. (laughs) I told her there was three. So can she oh, name okay. the three or not? No, I think one is going to go weird, like England or something. So Klaus says no, Mike says yes. Let's find out. And if she says to her Colorado, she has to pay money. <laughs> okay. The Tour of France. That's the one. The Italia. Two. The Vuelta de España. And that's three. Klaus, you lose a point. Mike gets a point. All right. See, this is a fun game. Next question. You guys ready? Yes. Sure. How many Americans have won the Tour de France? Nope. The answer is two. Yeah, that's also a trick question. Or is it three? Wait, what? Tour de France. Tour de France. One American has won the Tour de France. Greg LeMond, that's it. Yeah. Mm, I think it's kind of three. Three? Who else wanted? No, 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 Floyd no. Floyd Landis. No. Floyd fucking Landis. Um. Okay, so who won the tour? Oscar Pereiro. <laughs> yes. Everybody knows Oscar Pereiro won the Tour de France. He, he passed. He was like, "No thanks." <laughs> Wait, we're gonna have a discussion seriously of. Well, we have to agree on how many Grand Tours there are, but we're not going to have this discussion? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. The other one was pretty clear-cut. I think this is pretty clear-cut. I, I think one American has ever won the Tour de France. So who won those other ones? Oscar Pereiro, and the happen. rest are blank. The rest it's didn't like happen. Inception. Yeah, it's like the ones during the war that you never have. get inceptioned out of existence. <laughs> it's like the butterfly effect. Okay, so what are we agreeing on here? 
She, there's no way. No way. I know, but this how? What's the correct answer? What's the correct answer to this question? How many Americans have won the tour? Once. That's the correct answer, Klaus. I mean, do you agree? The technical answer is one. The right Floyd answer is Floyd Landis is like a hamster ghost that doesn't exist. <laughs> so, what is the correct answer? One. And by the way, clearly, three. I'm not like, dude. Give Lance his due. I'm just saying, it's not a clear cut. Like, I I don't know. I, I, I who administered the test, think. And firmly believe that only one American has won the Tour de France. So, based on that knowledge, do you think that Joe will say one or three? No, that she'll get it no. wrong. Because she'll right. say like two or five or something else. Yeah. Okay, you guys both think that she'll be wrong. Okay. That's a trick question. <laughs> what? Trick. She said it's a trick question. Now, one? What? She, you guys are both losers and you have no... Uh, uh, what do you call that? Believe in other people, whatever it's called. We've established that number one, that she doesn't know and that there's no reason for her to know. No, exactly. But that's okay, though. You guys don't have any faith. Uh, you of I have no faith, faith that she would not know any of this. <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> okay, you ready for the next one? Uh, we're tied at one apiece, by the way. Okay, here we go. What's his name? Will she, know, will she know the name of the only American to ever win? Yes. The I think she's yeah, been influenced by you. Clearly. Yeah. So you think she'll know. Okay. Both of you guys believe that, right? Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know. Thank We're still God. tied. Still tied at one apiece. All right. Um, let's hear the next question then. Who won the last Tour de France? Nope. Will my wife know? I don't even know who won the last Tour de France. Will my wife know Christopher Froome? No, Bradley Wiggins or something like that. Okay, so you guys both say no. Okay, right. here we go. Right. Uh, oh, Chris Froome. <laughs> <laughs> guys, you suck. Still tied at one apiece. Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. Next question. Who has won the most Tour de France? Who has won the most Tours de France? Okay, so we have to have this discussion. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, it's a huge tie. It's Anquetil, Merckx. Anquetil. You know, Anquetil, that's the one. And Indurain, so they're all tied. Uh, okay, so do you think that she'll know all of those? No. <laughs> Klaus? Oh, I think she totally does. No. You think she'll say Jean Anquetil first? Okay, here we go. So she gets one, which yeah. is not bad, but okay, fine. You guys each get a point, so that's Klaus and Mike at two each. All right, here we go. Do you know what the classics are? She's Do you think she will know the no. answer? Saying no. Klaus? But generally speaking, you're thinking of like early spring, early season, or like... Yeah, yeah, like... Or the, like... Toward the end of the season two, or just one day races, like, like no, classes. yeah, 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 she'll yeah. know, like yeah. she'll say, like, oh, like Perry Roubaix or something like that. Okay, Mike says no, Klaus says yes. Let's see. Do you know what the classics are? Yeah, you mean like one day races? Boom, Klaus, 
gets Damn a it. point. Also, it could have been the movies that are shown on Turner Classic Movies. Yes. Uh, Klaus has three, Mike has two, and here we go. All right. So Do you know a, how many classics there are? I, I, nope. Here I mean monuments. There are. Nope, nope. No, 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 no. No? So you both know? Ish. Uh, no. Okay. So she didn't know how many there were. How many monuments there were. All right, so. There's five classics. I meant monuments. Of the five, can you name three? All right. Can she name three of the classics? She'll say Peru Bay, Flanders, and then things will get wonky. (laughs) So you say no. She won't be able to name three. No. I would say yes. And Mike says yes to be a contrarian and try to catch up. Klaus is up three to two. Okay, here we go. The Tour of Flanders. She goes with Tour of Flanders first, Klaus. Boom, boom, boom. Milan San Remo. She goes with Milan San Remo second. And... Hmm. No pressure. Perry Roubaix. (laughs) (laughs) Roubaix. So, Klaus, Mike is tied. Mike wins. Three to three. All right, next one. Can you name three climbs in the Tour of Flanders? Now, this is a rough question. This is really, really hard. She was there. But she did go with me to the Tour of Flanders. So, it's one of those tough ones. But they're hard to remember. I've always said that the Tour of Flanders has more bergs than a bar mitzvah. (laughs) Too many <laughs> more bergs no, than a bar mitzvah. I don't think she gets. That's, no, I have to say no. That's a good name for uh, for the podcast episode. So both of you guys say no. She will not be able to name three climbs right. in the Tour of Flanders. The I think it's called the Kappelmoor. The Kappelmoor. That's one. The Bosberg. The Bosberg. And. Kopenberg. And the Kopenberg, she named three. Jesus. And right now, both of you are thinking, damn it, dude, I wish I was married to a girl that cool. <laughs> so right now, you guys are tied at three apiece, which is really sad because that means you, that's bad. But anyway, last question. Here's the last question. Last chance for one of you guys to actually uh, to get ahead and get the awesome prize that doesn't exist. Okay, here we go. Who is Il Pirata? Who is Il Pirata? Of course, we know it's Marco Pantani. Will she know that Il Pirata is Marco Pantani? No. Yes. Mike says yes. Klaus says no. Whoever gets this right, if she knows who Il Pirata is, if she says Marco Pantani, Mike wins the game. What if she says Mario Pantani? If she says Mario Pantani, I win because I get to sleep next to her tonight. So, here we go. If she says Pantani, even if it's just Pantani, Mike wins. If not, if anything else comes out of her mouth, Klaus wins. And here we go. I don't know. She (sighs) doesn't know. Klaus wins. Booyah. Klaus, now you you make fun of Mike. Booyah. (laughs) No, that's that's all I'll say. I don't want to rub it in. You don't want to rub in that you're way off. I don't want to rub in the fact that I know my sister-in-law better than Mike (laughs) knows your wife. (laughs) Not by much, dude. (laughs) That's true. I was, I I mean, I just one. 
I asked her a whole bunch of other questions, but I just narrowed it down. But I was very, very, very amazed at how much she just picks up from random conversations that happen around her and from me just watching races and stuff. Like, she fully, she fully 100% knows who Sean Kelly is, what he sounds like, where he's from. She knows everything about Sean Kelly. It's crazy. The answer to any of these questions, according to my wife, would be Rigoberto Uran or Tor Hushoff, and that's it. <laughs> well, but even the races, they would be called Tor Hushoff. <laughs> well, you know, Joe is also obsessed with Tor Hushoff. She was really bummed out when I told her that he had retired. And but he's starting a team. Oh, really? Well, there you go. She's going to be the number one fan. And every race for her is either the Tour of Flanders or the Tour of Poland. That's it. That's the only two races that exist. It doesn't See, really matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. So, so how much is Chavez leading this race by? Three seconds, I think. It was just the bonus that he got. Oh, okay. The so, bonification. The bonification. Bonification. I think it was like maybe one second or two second difference plus the three second bonification. Oh. So I think it was, I don't know, somewhere between three and five seconds, something like that. I'm not really sure. Um, how long will he be able to keep the, the, the jersey is the entirely other different thing because usually the press is like, will he be able to keep it until the end? Nobody, I haven't read anything, I haven't heard anything of people being like, what if he, can he actually do it? No. No, I mean, I think last year at the Volta he had a very strong beginning, but he started to fade, and I think he still needs... I also so I'm think, getting used to for Grand Tours. So and I also yeah. think that he just doesn't have the team to support him. But What are you but, trying to say about Simon Clark? I think Simon Clark is great. I think Orica Greenidge is fine. But uh, I just don't think that they brought a team to fight for the GC, definitely. They definitely didn't. But, I mean, they can do They've already had a better Vuelta than they did a tour, you know. And it's been it's two stages or three stages. And they already accomplished more than they did on the tour, so... Definitely, definitely nice for them. All right, guys. Well, um, now that I'm settled and that you are settled over there in the West Coast, Klaus, we can uh, maybe hope to have another podcast, depending on how the how the Welta goes. If there's good stuff to talk about, maybe we can do it again next next week. Um, I want to thank everybody for emailing us. Um, speed, uh, info at speedmetalcycling.com. Be patient. I'm still catching up on a lot of emails from when I didn't uh, check my email. Um, Instagram at the Skull Crusher, Crusher with a K. Uh, Twitter at Speed Metal Cycle, CYCL. Follow us and email us and go to our website and all that good stuff. We want to thank our sponsors again. Um, and I believe that most of the sponsorship has come from Eurosport recently, actually, which is really nice. Um, and yeah that's it Klaus do you have anything to promote uh yes I just did an interview and it should be up next week and it's going to be very interesting it's with uh Brandon Quirk who was the CEO and one of the founders of Competitive Cyclist and has just been announced as the president of Rafa North America and he's a really really interesting guy and I think especially his insights on like the bike business and retail and stuff will be interesting i think to the kind of people i would listen to this thing this far through you're saying that most people gave up already i'm saying if you made it this far you will certainly you'll, you'll be interested. Brendan, brendan listens to the podcast 
He does. So I'll I'm sure he already. See if he made it this far, I he doubt doesn't it. Make it to the end. There's no way. <laughs> he might. No not. way. I don't think so. He doesn't have time. Mr. Well, Quirk, if you made it this far, send me an email. <laughs> yeah, and then and then we'll actually go on whether or not he made it or not. So I say he did make it. So if he emails you, then I win. He's my hero. Well, yeah. If anybody's made it this far, thank you very much. Yeah. Yep. Um, Mike, anything you want to say? Yeah, I would like to promote uh, an, yet another edition of the Ridiculous Fellow Games Fantasy Vuelta League. Oh, crap. I didn't even start my team. Too late. You didn't email me, dude. I know. I got it. I got the league started way too late. Man, wait. Can I enter late? I can. If right? you have a team, you can. Oh you yeah, that's right. That's, Mate, right, that's Mike, right. Mike, why are you promoting it if you can't enter? Because people might be listening who already have a team. Oh hey everyone, I want to promote the New York's World's Fair from 1965 <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Go check out the Wisconsin Pavilion. It's great. Join <laughs> league number 220-23907. Oh, so such remember. a catchy name. I don't know why they do it this way. It's weird, man. That place is weird. That website is, is just But I do want to say that uh, the, our lovely co- sometime co-host, Maiko, is in last place with her team. As usual. Kaha Gugu presented by Limal. Kaha Gugu. <laughs> That's an amazing name. It's amazing, right? Levels, oh. levels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, caca. <laughs> wow. Oh, God bless America. Um, okay, guys. Well, it was really nice hearing both of your voices. And uh, thank you, as always, for joining me today. And let's watch the the Vuelta some more, and let's see who gets disqualified next. All right, <laughs> we are out of here. Peace. Ta-ha-goo-goo.